as we celebrate this big day here, what the Lord has done for us here, two years in Oleida. Um, this is none other than Pastor Zipporah, all the way from Machacos via Seattle, to bring the word of the Lord this morning. Please let us give our, you know, clap to the Lord as we welcome her this day. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Can you greet the person next to you on my behalf in case I don't get to greet you after the service? <laughs> yeah, that's for Zipporah. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, can we appreciate pastor and the leadership of this church for a job well done, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, pastor. I honor you and mom and the leadership of this church even for giving me another chance to be here this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, I don't feel new anymore. I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I belong. Amen. And so I'm so glad to come and celebrate two years of what the Lord has done. And for sure, it is something to thank the Lord for. Even if we have nothing else to tell God, we can tell him, thank you for bringing us this far. Because he has fought many battles on your behalf. And I know it is because of his grace that he has brought you to where you are today. Uh, just in case, because I know there are some visitors that probably have been invited and uh, you were not here when I was here last time. My name is Pastor Zipporah Maina. I come from Machakos, like Pastor has said. That is where I minister. And I minister in Machakos just within the municipality. You know, Machakos isn't a very big city. But uh, I'm just a few minutes from the town center. And uh, I thank God because of his grace that has helped me to come and minister in this country. And I know that it is, there's a reason and a purpose for everything. And God connected me with your pastor and we became good friends and co-workers in the kingdom. That is why I'm here this morning. Praise the name of Jesus. And I look forward to coming again and again and again as the Lord enables me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for loving visitors. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might go to some places and you're not loved. But when you go where you're loved, you feel good. Uh, this morning, I want us to open our Bibles where we have just read Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse, uh, I mean from verse 6 to 8. We've read from verse 6 to 8, but I want to take you back to uh, verse 1, and then we can go on with the word. Deuteronomy 1, 1 says, This be the words which Moses spoke unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea. Praise the name of the Lord. What did he tell them? This is what he told them in verse 6. The Lord spoke unto us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mountain. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills and in the valley, in the south and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon 
unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give unto them and to their seed after them. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, if you look at the book of Deuteronomy, the main theme of the book of Deuteronomy is possessing the land. It is about going to the land of Canaan and possessing what the Lord had promised the children of Israel. As I was reading, I realized that there are 66 references about the land in Deuteronomy. And there are 69 uh, references about the promise to possess or to inherit in the book of Deuteronomy. Praise the name of the Lord. So what I want to say this morning is, when the Lord calls us on the journey of salvation, he does not want us to stay in one place. He wants us to take a journey from one place to the other. And I want to say this to us who are here in the United States of America. It is not the will of God for us to suffer at home and to come and suffer here. I don't think so. Praise the name of the Lord. If you were okay at home, you would not have come here. Hello? Something brought you from home, isn't it? There were some troubles that made you leave your original country to come here. So you need to ask yourself, if the Lord promised me uh, something better, why am I still going through the same situation that I was going through? That's what I came to talk about this morning. It is the will of God to take you from where you are to the next level because when he called you, he called you from a land of slavery to take you to a land of abundance. He, take, he took you from the, uh, the place of sin saved you and washed you by the blood of Jesus to take you to a place of abundance and superabundance where you live a supernatural life. Praise the name of Jesus. So if you find yourself going in the same place, in the same circle, in the same problem, in the same challenge, this is your word this morning. It is possible for you to move from where you are and to go to where the Lord wants you to be. And that is why I am feeling very delighted that as you celebrate two years, you can see that it is possible for God to take you from a certain place and to bring you to another place. Two years ago, you were not here. Amen? You are in a different place because it was the will of God to enlarge you. But now, this is not the end. Just like pastor has said, there is more that the Lord has in store for you. Your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, even your mind has not done what? It has not yet imagined what the Lord has for us. And that is what God was speaking to the children of Israel. If I take you back to this text and why Moses was speaking these words, which we are speaking to you today as the servants of God, the children of Israel had come from a place called Egypt. Egypt was a place of not enough. Then God took them through the wilderness. He did not want them to stay in the wilderness. The wilderness was just a process between Egypt and Canaan. Now, how, what happens in the wilderness? The wilderness is a place of just enough. I said we came from a place of less than enough. And then the wilderness is a place of just enough. And if you want to know it is just enough, the Bible says they never bought new shoes. 
They never bought new clothes. What they had from the beginning is what they stuck on until the end of the journey. But what was the intention of God? To take them to the land of Canaan, the land of more than enough. Beloved, I feel it is the will of God to take us to a place of more than enough. If you are just living on enough, you are in Horeb. And that's what I came to get you out of. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Today we came to tell people, Horeb is not your destiny. Horeb is a destination. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Horeb is supposed to be just a part of the journey. You are supposed to be from less than enough to a place of just enough, but the objective of God is to take you to a place of more than enough. And you know why I can thank God to preach this message? Because pastor asked me what word I want to share. is because this sanctuary is an evidence that God can give you more than enough. Oh. Do you have rooms which you don't know what to do with? Because it's a place of more than enough. And that is what the Lord wants to do. Not only physically, not only in the building, but in your life. He wants to take you to a place of more than enough. Now, what made the children of Israel get stuck in Horeb so that Moses can give them this word? The problem that was with the children of Israel, and I want to say this categorically, I don't entertain sin, and I pray that God will keep us from sin, though we always find ourselves sinning. There is no time God punished the whole generation because of the sin of immorality. No. There is no time he punished the whole generation because of the sin of idolatry. But God finished a whole generation of the children of Israel because of the sin of unbelief. Am I talking to somebody? Do you know what has kept us in Horeb? It is the sin of unbelief. Because we don't believe what the word of God says. Yes, we are born again, set free from Egypt on our way to Canaan. But in the journey, we find ourselves with the sin of unbelief. Only two people escaped the judgment of the Lord for the sin of unbelief. Who are those? Joshua and Caleb. Even a simple, a simple question like that you can fail. Praise the name of the Lord. The whole generation that came from Egypt that was 20 years and above, they all died in the wilderness except two men because of the sin of unbelief. And if there is something that has made the church stuck, if there is something that has made your Christian life stuck, if there is something that has made you go around in circles, including Pastor Zipporah in some areas, I'm not saying I'm perfect. The word is also preaching to me. It is the sin of unbelief. And the sin of unbelief is what made the children of Israel go as far as Kaldesh Balnea. They were just about to enter the promised land. But when Moses sent 40 spies, what report did they bring back? That land is full of giants, the son of the Anakites, okay? When we looked at ourselves, how did we see ourselves? 
Can you look at your friend and ask them, are you a grasshopper or what kind of a vision do you see in yourself? Praise <laughs> They said we, we looked at ourselves and we are just like grasshoppers. They forgot that God is greater than the Anakites. They forgot that God knew there were giants in the land. In fact, Deuteronomy 9, go and read verse 1, 2 there. God spoke to them very clearly that you have already heard in the land of Canaan there are giants. Praise the name of the Lord. He said there are cities with walls that are touching the sky. But God knew he is able to bring down the walls and he knew he is able to bring down the giants. I declare to you in Kansas today, America has giants. Praise the name of the Lord. Kansas has giants. But God brought you here knowing there are giants. The question is, are you ready to believe God to fight the giants on your behalf and to take you to the next level? Thank you, pastor, for setting the pace for us. I admire your pastor. There are very few pastors in America who have a church like this. But because of belief, hello, because of belief. Look at your friend and ask them, how much faith do you have in God? You know, you, you know if, if there is anything I like to preach about is faith. Because I know how much faith has done for me. Praise the name of the Lord. I know where it has taken me from and where I am right now and where I am going. And I know there are greater things that the Lord is yet to do. So this morning I came to ask you, my friend, you who does not yet have total belief in God. By the way, I want you to understand me. I'm not saying you are not saved if you are. The children of Israel were already saved, isn't it? They had already been delivered from the land of Egypt. But when it came to believing the promises of God, that is where we have a problem. And we see it even in the church today, isn't it? So Moses told them, now when Moses is speaking in Deuteronomy 1, he is speaking to the wilderness generation, the generation that was born in the wilderness. He is telling them, don't be like your fathers, okay? When your fathers came from the land of Egypt, we reached Horeb and they got stuck there. Do you know why many people are in Horeb today? The reason they stuck in Horeb is because when they faced war, when they faced opposition, when they faced the Amorites, they were afraid. That's when they brought back a report and said, we don't want to go into that land. And today I came to tell you the Lord is aware there are Amorites in the land. Hallelujah. But the Lord you serve is greater than the Amorites. And he knows you, he can bring down every Amorite for you to possess. Everybody has a chance. Hallelujah. You know one thing I love about the United States of America? I love it. I call it in my language, Moiganania. Najua tukifika hapa tunatoshanishwa sote. Whatever you are at home, <laughs> when we get here that means we all have an opportunity isn't it the bible says in Ecclesiastes the race is not for the swift the battle is not for the strong but time and chance happens to every man yeah. you know I, I, I always tell people the work of the priest, and I want you to understand this word and never forget it. The work of the priest is to mature you to go and possess the land. 
Hello? The work of the pastor is to mature you to know the word of God so that you can possess that which belongs to you. But we have too many children in the house of the Lord who want the pastor to do everything for them. Let me help you today. Moses will not take you to Egypt. I mean to Canaan. Hello? Moses is not taking you to Canaan. Moses' mandate is to teach you the word and the instruction and the law. You take it, believe it, and then you go. So when the pastor preaches to you, he is preaching to you to mature you so that you can take possession and get hold of your blessing. I love the gospel of Christian maturity because I have seen what it can do. You know, I, I like to ask people, who can give a little child their car? Those children who are here, can you give them your house? Can you give them your car to drive? Because they are children, right? Even in the kingdom of God, if you don't mature, you remain that way. The inheritance will not catch you. Look at your friend, tell them, grow up. <laughs> Praise Jesus. So Moses comes and addresses the generation born in the wilderness and he tells them, listen, your fathers doubted the Lord, but I don't want you to doubt the Lord. Now it is the time to go in and possess everything that the Lord promised you. And today I'm speaking to that generation. Hallelujah. The generation that knows that God can do everything, including the impossible. God can bring down every wall, even the toughest wall. You know, Jericho was the last hindrance before the promised land, isn't it? It was a gateway to the promised land. And they say Jericho had the strongest and the most, uh, the, the, the wall of Jericho was actually impenetrable. That's what the Bible says. I don't know, but uh, I hear oral tradition says, you know, in Israel there was oral tradition. It says that the wall of Jericho could defeat seven land rovers. I want you to see the obstacle Joshua was facing. Hello? That is why there is nobody who could bring it down. The God of Joshua is the God of today. It doesn't matter what wall is standing in your way. Amen? And you know what God did about the wall of Jericho? Have you ever thought about what God did about the wall of Jericho? I thought about it and I realized it did not only come down, it literally sank. Not a trace was left. Amen? It sank so that the whole city was open and that's why they were able to go in and possess the land. And that's what the Lord is saying. I know in this country there are walls. I know there are enemies. I know there are hindrances. But God brought you from a place of not enough, took you to the place of just enough, but now he wants to take you to a place of more than enough. But it's your responsibility to go in and take it. Unajua mumezoea injili ya kuambiwa pokea. What are you pokeying? <laughs> you know what will work for you? It is the word. This is the final authority. This is the key, the master key to transform your life. That's why Moses says, God spoke to us in Horeb. Now I'm speaking to you again. And this is what he says. Turn. Take a journey. Go to the mountain of the Amorites and go to the valley. Go to the Lebanon. Go to the land of Canaan. Go near the river Euphrates 
and go to every hill and occupy. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want to give you a few meanings of this word so that you understand this message and you get hold of it. The word Amorite means speak or command. Speak. So God is saying you have to speak to the enemy. Amen? You have to speak to the enemy of your family. You have to speak to the enemy of your business. You have to speak to the enemy of your marriage. Hallelujah. You have to speak to the enemy of your children. You have to speak to the enemy of your ministry. Because the Lord knows the enemy is there, but he has given you an authority to go and attack and overcome. And I don't want you to say that it is hard in Kansas. Even in Seattle, it's hard. Even in Boston, it is hard. Even in Machakos, probably it's harder. There is no place that is not hard. Amen? The issue is, which God are you carrying? Which God do you believe in? So Moses says, turn and take a journey to the Amorite. And so if you understand that Amorite means address or speak. He was telling them, go and speak to the enemy. But what are you going to speak to the enemy so that you can possess the land? He says... Use the word. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the word, if you understand the word of God, the word of God is a legal directive. The word of God is the power and the ability you have to address everything. So Moses tells them, go to the hill country of the Amorites, but you are not going there by your own strength. Use the legal directive that I have given you, the word of the priest that has been preached to you, and use it and tell the devil, you will not keep me in Horeb anymore. I have stayed in Horeb because I lost the first battle. Hallelujah. I lost the first battle. That is why I'm stuck in Horeb. But today we are arising and dusting off ourselves and saying Horeb no more. You know why you need to get out of Horeb? Horeb means dry. As long as in your, you are in Horeb, your life is drying out. As long as you are in Horeb, things are not getting better. They are just getting worse. So he says, get out of the dry place, climb the mountain of the enemy, and use the legal directive and address the enemy and tell him, I am not like my past generation. Hallelujah. I am not like my fathers and my mothers who never owned a wheelbarrow. Hello? You know some of you, I look at you and you are refusing to give your offering and I feel very sad because when you are at home you used to bring sukumawiki and mayai as your offering. You know in the village we used to offer pumpkins and guache. And then the pastor, the, 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 the leader would take it on Sunday and sell it three times. Gwase maraya kwanza. Ya pili. Ya tatu, hallelujah. But God has blessed you today. You just need to write a check and you have a problem of giving your offering and your tithe. I said, grow up. Grow so that you can get the inheritance of the Lord. 
so that you can possess the wealth of this country. God wants you to believe him when he says you can miss a few hours and come for the singles meeting. You can miss a few hours and come for the Bible study on Wednesday. Masi yo madha amuta mura kwa uguo, nekio muika gia besha mehukoye na marima. I love you, hallelujah. <laughs> he says you are in horror in a dry place. Praise the name of the Lord. Your life is going round in circles. 40 years around Mount Sinai making no progress. That was not the will of God because of the sin of unbelief. Some of us are still at the same place we came. If you ask them about this country, they are still complaining. They are still saying of the challenges. Can you change that because when the word of God comes into you and you take the authority in the word and you use it, things must change. The enemy must hear. Praise the name of the Lord. So God said, take the legal directive given to you by Moses and go address the enemy and tell him I am not losing any other battle. Praise the name of the Lord. I am not losing my second marriage. Eh? I'm not losing my child. I am not losing my business again. Some of you tried business and somebody conned you, especially in Yumbani. So you know how they misuse your money. Then you say, I'll not try again. Today I came to challenge you. Get out of Horeb and try again. You cannot live at the expense of the enemy. Live at the expense of the promises of God. If God says he will prosper you, he will prosper you. All you need to do is get some wisdom and know who you are sending your money to. Don't just send money to people in Kenya. I always talk to the women in the congregation and I ask them, look at your sister and ask her, when is the last time you changed your weave? You are busy sending money to Kenya to people go to the salon every week. And you can't even treat yourself. Hallelujah. If you understand the promises of God, you will treat yourself and treat yourself good. You know the Bible says God gives the seed to the sower and bread for life and he gives you extra to bless somebody else. But you need to understand the word for you, for it to work for you. Can I tell you something I discovered? The devil is not afraid of your noise. He is afraid of your knowledge of the word of God. You can pray all day, hallelujah. You can pray 40 days, but if you have no knowledge of the word, it will not work for you. And from today, I came to tell you something. Read the word of God from today with the three mindsets. You know why the church of Jesus Christ is in Horeb? Because actually the church is in Horeb. Are we not living in the place of just enough? How many churches have more than enough, especially Kenyan churches? Give me an example of one. We are still rotating in Horeb, the place of dryness. Why? Because we have taken the word of God with only one mindset, the religious mindset. The religious mindset is good because that's where you begin. That is where you are connected to God spiritually. But listen, my friend, the mindset Moses is using here is not the religious mindset. He is using the constitutional mindset. Hallelujah. This is a legal directive. The Bible is a constitution. Amen. 
when the devil came to challenge Jesus, what did Jesus say? It is written in Article 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 3, man shall not live by bread. Can you start reading the word of God with that constitutional mindset? That's when when you go to pray, you are not crying. You are telling God, God, you have written that you will prosper me and you will increase me. I am looking forward to God doing that. Praise the name of the Lord. So he told the children of Israel, take the word of God and climb the Amorite mountain. Go and address the enemy that has been holding you back. And once you address the enemy with the legal mindset, there is no way the devil can overcome you. Because the devil also knows the word and he knows the power in the word. That's why he respects the people who know the word. The other mindset, before I forget, read the Bible with a business mindset. You know why the church is in Horeb financially? I pray that next time I come, this church will have gone. I know there are many good things you're doing, but I want to give you another challenge. The church is supposed to be a house of bread. The church, God said in Malachi, bring ye the tithe and the offering into my house that there may be bread. Hallelujah. Not just spiritual bread. Hello. Even physical bread. Why? Because the church is supposed to feed the world. Do you know why politicians only come to us when they want to vote? There are very many who are born again right now. They will never come until election because the church has no voice. As long as you don't affect the economy of a nation, you have no voice. You know why the church is voiceless today? Because economically we are in horror. If you read the Bible with a mindset of God knowing that God is a businessman, hallelujah. I want you to know that the Bible is an economic you should read it with an economic mindset. The Bible is supposed to lift you from poverty to wealth. Hallelujah. It is supposed to... Do you know the best, of the, the best business plans are in the Bible? Oh my goodness. Joseph applied only one. Only one. And he bought the whole of Egypt. What did Joseph do? Do you know Joseph bought the whole of Egypt? Hiya. I'm talking to myself. Pastor, how what wana kujanga BS? No wonder, eh? No wonder it has to be announced every Sunday. <laughs> I pray that God will help you to realize that you're going in horror because of not taking the word of God as, as he has said it is. You see, Moses was telling the children of Israel, that's the other thing I want you to understand. The, the name Canaan, Canaan means merchandise or trade. God was telling them, go to the land of the trader and the merchandiser. Hallelujah. Go and make business. Praise the name of the Lord. Go and prosper economically. And that is why the children of Israel were an authority to reckon with when they went to the land of Israel. Because God wants to take you also from poverty to a place of economic abundance. In fact, let me declare today, the first liberation of any Christian is economic liberation. Ah, you know. Let me tell you, my sister, the reason God is commanding us to get out of Horeb, he has looked at the church and he knows financially we are in Horeb. 
We are suffering in Horeb because there is nothing we can do on our own. Let me tell you a secret. Our country, Kenya, is being sold to the Chinese and the Muslims. Why? Because they come with money. What is the Church of Jesus Christ doing? Sleeping, isn't it? Moses was telling them, go to the land of the trader and the merchandiser and make economic revolution. Praise the name of the Lord. One of the things I wanted to say, I'm challenging this church and I know our pastor is a visionary man of God. Can we next time say we are involved in a certain business somewhere? We need to make a change as a church. I am very passionate about that. I have been mobilizing my friends to start a group because I believe one of these days I will own land in Seattle. Hiya. You know, Seattle, they are still selling land and it's very cheap. You have no idea. Because the work of the church is to be just religious and spiritual. We need to get out of that. We've been there long enough, isn't it? Has it transformed your life? Listen to this statement. The man with money determines the entity to be worshipped. The man with money determines the entity to be worshipped. Why are your youth back in Kenya converting to Islam? You know me, I told you the gospel is a way of life. It is not a religion. The gospel is a way of life. It is not just like any other religion. Why are Chinese taking all the industries in our country? Because of? But what do we do when we come to the USA? I get my little money, put in my small bank. You get your little money, put in your small bank. The other one gets their little money, put in their small bank. There is no impact. But what if we came together as a church and said, we are going to do something that will make the government realize we have a voice to speak. I pray that the Lord will take the church out of Horeb. We need to get out of Horeb. And this is how to get out of Horeb. The Bible says Moses told them, turn. Praise the name of the Lord. Turn. This direction you are going is not right. You got to change the direction because they had gone on to Canaan, but they turned and came back to Horeb. And now Moses is telling them, God is saying, turn from Horeb and now head towards where? Canaan. The first turning, I speak to somebody sitting here, the first turning before you turn your marriage or you turn your business or you turn your everything is turning to the Mount of Golgotha. That's where it all begins. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're sitting here and you're not born again, the first turning you need to do this morning is to turn your life to the hill of Golgotha. Once you turn in that direction, then you can get the legal directive to go and address the enemy. Praise the name of the Lord. And he said, turn ye, because the direction they were facing was wrong. I came to tell the church of Jesus Christ, economically, socially, physically, can we turn to the direction of the Lord? Can we turn to where the voice of the Lord is leading us? 
Then he said, after you turn, take a journey. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, there's no way you can say Jesus is your Lord and you are stuck in the same place from January to December. We must see the steps of the journey you have taken. There's no stagnant Christian who walks with the Lord. Your faith must have grown from one level to another. Your prayer life must have grown from one level to another. Hallelujah. Look at your friend and tell them even your giving should have grown from January to September. Now go on, worried. I said you talk to them. Even your giving must take a journey. Praise the name of the Lord. I am telling you there is a, a resolution I made when I became a Christian. I never tithe the same amount the same year. I always tithe in advance. You know what I mean? I will tithe a thousand shillings because I want God to give me 10,000. And every time I do it, he gives me 15. Yeah? I'm telling you the truth because you must turn and take a journey towards the promised land. You must believe God for what he has said he will do. Then he said, after you take the journey and turn, what are you going to do? Address the enemy, isn't it? And what are you going to use to address the enemy? The word, the legal directive that Moses gave you. Praise the name of the Lord. Take the word that is preached in this sanctuary every Sunday and use it throughout the week and throughout the year. Say, God, you spoke this word on Sunday. I am taking it and I'm believing I'm getting out of Horeb and I'm going to the next level. Hallelujah. You know, there's no way we can, we can tell the world that we serve a mighty God when they look at us and they don't see a change in our lives. I am challenging Christians of today. Some of us in this land, we are not even known that we are born again at our place of work. Ati huku yesu wa hubiriwi. Si lazima uhubiri na mdomo. Si uhubiri na matendo. Hello? Si you behave in a way that they will come and ask you, how come you're different? Aye, but because your behavior is just like the unbeliever, they don't even see the difference. That's why they can't tell that there's something unique about you. I always say, before you preach with the word, can you preach with your actions? Can people look at you and say, there's something different about this lady? Praise the name of the Lord. When you go to take care of that shosho, eh? when other people are leaving her with bed sores, what do you do? You clean her proper until the family says, nobody has ever taken care of our mother the way you have taken care of her. And then they'll ask you, how come you're so kind and you're so nice? And you say, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. But majority of us are just like anybody else. You know, the other day I decided to go to a nursing home. And I decided to go and see what people do. And I was so disappointed, especially because I met a Kenyan lady. And when she was changing that lady who, she, who we were with her, the way she was treating her, I said, Mother, I said, I'm telling you the truth. Because this girl is a Christian. She is born again. But the way she was doing things, you can't tell. Because even the words she is speaking, they are so rude and so arrogant. And I'm saying, where is Jesus? Where is the love of Christ? 
in that demeanor. Hallelujah. If the enemy is going to hear you and you move from Horeb, you cannot operate the way you were operating before. You have to use the word and the word has to work because you know its authority. So Moses told them, take a journey, turn, go to the Amorite nation, and then what do you do after that? Uh, after you take a journey, the Bible says, use the word like Elijah. I think I've said that already. But how are you going to use the word? Use the word to remind the enemy, my, my ancestors failed Jesus or they failed the Lord because of unbelief. Hallelujah. Now that is where your faith has to do what? To grow. Your faith has to work for you. So this morning, as Nehemiah Community Church, we thank God for the two years he has brought us. But is that everything? It is just the beginning of the abundance. Hallelujah. There is much more abundance that the Lord is, is, is bringing. And that's why I said, once you answer the enemy and you address him and tell him, you're going to let my children go, you're going to let my ministry go, you're going to let my business go, the Lord then told them, go and occupy the valley, go and occupy Lebanon, go and occupy the Euphrates. I, the word Euphrates means fruitful. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at your friend and tell them, my sister, you are meant to be fruitful in the land of Canaan. Hallelujah. Uh-uh, say it like you mean it because I'm winding up because time is not on my side. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You see, the Lord even told them where to go and occupy. He said, go near the river Euphrates. Praise the name of Jesus. Because I brought you from a place of lack. I brought you through a place of just enough. But now I'm taking you to a place of fruitfulness. I declare and prophesy to you as a church. It is possible for you to be fruitful in this land. Hallelujah. It is possible for you to be fruitful in your ministry. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, I want to challenge every believer sitting here. These seats can be filled because this is also a sign of fruitfulness. I just want you to make it your responsibility that in the next one year, you are going to invite just one person to church. Don't bring so many. And if you are afraid of preaching to them, don't preach to them. Bring them, we shall preach to them. Hallelujah. Just bring them. You know your work is to introduce them to Jesus. Amen? But bring them, we will give them the legal directive. What happened when the children of Israel did that? The Bible says when they believed God, the wilderness generation went into the land of Canaan and the Lord brought down every enemy. He brought down the giants. He brought down the walls and they possessed the land. And as long as they believed the word of the Lord, they prospered in the land of Canaan. Praise the name of the Lord. I pray that from today, your life will be different from the life you have been living in 2017. That the Lord can take you to a better salary. Hallelujah. The Lord can take you to a better job. The Lord can... By the way, who said we cannot own businesses in America? Who said that? Yeah? Nobody, isn't it? It's a mindset we have, eh? We believe we can always be employed. From today, can you see yourself as an employer? Hata kama huna wengi si uajiri mmoja. Let me give you this scripture. Isaiah 51 verse 1 to 3. You know what it says? Look the stone from which you were hewn and the quarry from which you were dug. Abraham, your father, 
I called him as one man, but I prospered him. He became a father of nations. Hallelujah. Can I tell you a secret? If I break, let's assume this was gold. Yeah? If I break a piece of this mic, does it remain gold? And the piece I have? Is this also, also gold? God is telling us, if Abraham was able to prosper, I can also prosper you like Abraham because he is the rock from which you were hewn. Let's do things Abraham style. Do you know what prospered Abraham? Believe in the God who called him from his land and said, follow me, obey me, and I will bless you and make you a father of nations. And that's the first step that Abraham did. He turned from the land of Ur and went to the land of Canaan. Hallelujah. And today the Lord is calling you, turn from where you are and go to where God has promised to bless you. And when you look back a year from today, you will notice that the Lord has done something different. You will notice that the Lord has given you victory. Can we stand up? If we are the sons of Abraham, the first thing we can do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first turning that can make you a prosperous man or a woman. The first turning that can get you out of Horeb, it is the turning that you know, my life has been walking in a different direction, but now I want to walk towards the Lord Jesus Christ. It is good to come to church, it's okay. It is good to come and sing in the choir, but if you have never made a turn to the Mount of Golgotha, that is the first thing that you need to do this morning. After you have done that, and I know majority of us have already done that, the Lord is calling us to realize that the church is a kingdom, and we need to operate in that kingdom with the authority of that kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. What happens when you become an American citizen? Even when you come to Kenya... They treat you special. Hiya. You are a Kenyan, aren't you? But what happens when you come to Kenya with an American citizenship? You are your queue is always very short, isn't it? And they really take care of you. If anything happened to you, even in your mother's house, they will still come for you. Because they believe you belong to them, isn't it? Because you are an American citizen. Do you know that you belong to a kingdom that is higher than USA? Why are we living like beggars in our father's kingdom? Because we have not believed. I want you, if you are an American citizen today, when you took those vows, you believed in the American government. Hallelujah. Everything they told you they will do for you, you believe. Why don't you want to believe that when God says, I will do it for you, he will do it for you. When he tells you, I can take you from this level and take you to the next level, just do A, B, C, D. Why are you not willing to believe God the way you believe the American government? Because of the, faith, of, of the problem of unbelief. Today we want to tell God, we have walked this journey with you, Father. We came to this country, but we are still struggling. Help us so that we get out of our Horeb. Some of us are in Horeb in our marriages. They're just drying out. Others, our children, the family is a mess. Others, our businesses, even our jobs are never enough. 
We are running east, west, north and south. Today I came to declare to you the word of God can transform everything. Amen. The word of God is able to change and move you from Horeb. As he has done it for the man of God. This is a sign. And I want every member of this church to open their spiritual eyes and see what the Lord can do when you believe him. He can take you from a place of lack to a place of abundance. Hallelujah. And you know God does not need to call a committee. Elders. Elders Hallelujah. Elders are here. God does not need a meeting of a committee. He can do it in the twinkling of an eye. Joseph woke up in the morning as a prisoner. He slept in the evening as a prime minister. Mm, that's the God I am talking about, my brother. And today I say, may it be that way in the third year of Nehemiah Community Church in Kansas. Hallelujah. May the Lord bring an end to every dryness that has been in your life because you will use the word of God and address the enemy you've been fighting and he has to submit. But if you are not yet born again, let us start by turning our life around and come to Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this afternoon. We give you praise and glory because when you looked at us, you realized each of us is going through a certain horeb. Some of us have been there for 10 years, others five years, Jehovah, others one year. But today, as the word has come forth, you sent Moses to teach the children of Israel the legal directive to use so that they can climb the mount of the Amorites and address the enemy and go all the way to the river Euphrates where they can find fruitfulness. I declare that word prophetically for the coming year, my father, that every member of this church will experience a great breakthrough and increase in the area of abundance, my Lord. Whatever they've been asking you for and believing you for, Jehovah God, I call it upon today because Moses is dead, Joshua is dead, but Pastor Zipporah, Reverend Zioka and the others, we are alive to declare this word today. And we know you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore you will be. And your promises are yes and amen. And because we are hewn from the rock of Abraham, we declare prosperity in our lives. We declare increase in our lives. We may be very few today, but Father, next year, let us see a testimony of your increase even financially and physically for the glory and honor of your name. Thank you, Father, for this far you have brought us. We are trusting you for the next part of the journey. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ, before I sit down, I would ask you to put up your hand and make that turning and say, I want to begin a new journey with Christ. Do we have anybody that is saying, yes, pastor, I want to make a journey to Mount Golgotha and begin my miracle there. If you know you haven't given your life to Christ, you have this opportunity. We can't sit down before we have given you that chance. Anybody? That is saying, yes, pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord today. Okay, I want to make one general prayer. If you know there's a horror you've been going through, just put up your hand by faith. Reverend Zioka, please come and pray this prayer on behalf of the people and the father in the house. Declare a blessing that that horror shall come to an end today in the name of Jesus. Put that hand straight. Every horror must go today in Jesus' name. Father in heaven. We give you thanks because you have faith. We give you thanks because you bring us from the Oreb that we are in, O oh Lord. And you take us to the land of destiny, the land of plenty, the land where you want us to be, O oh Lord. 
how we thank you because of your faithfulness. And now look at these hands that we are raising up, O oh Lord. We want to bring them unto you. Because it is only in you where we can get money. It's only in you when we can get healing. It's only from you where we can get what we need, O oh Lord. It is only from you where we can get encouragement. It is only from you where we can get be, we can be strong again, O oh Lord. It is only from you where we can get knowledge and the ability to move forward, O oh Lord. Because you are a faithful God. When you, when you went to a people that needed you, God, you transformed them. When you met le, you know, lepers, God, they were able to go. You met with people that could not see and they were able to see again. You met with people that were deaf and they were able to hear again, O oh Lord. I know that God, when you meet unto us, our lives will be changed forever. Because you've said that God, you're going to do it because you are faithful God. We always pray that God, you perform a miracle unto everyone whose hand is up, O oh Lord. And even to all of us that need you, that God, you will be this place. God, we did not come to church for granted. We did not come here as people going to church like any other day. We came here because you called us to do that. As we walk out, oh Lord, may we go out and redeem the people. May we go out and deliver people, oh Lord. May we go out and change the people. May you meet with us to the point of our needs, O oh Lord. And may your mercies be upon us. And may your goodness lead us from this place, O oh Lord. May your protection be sure in whatever we are doing. God, you are our helper. God, you are our healer, O oh Lord. God, it is in you where we run to every time. May you continue to challenge us to do the right thing. May you continue to challenge us, O oh Lord, to hear your word and to do according to what it says. May you encourage us, O oh Lord, to not to fear, but to do what you've called us to do. God, look at us in this church. God, there are those that are crying to have a worshiping place. Yet, God, you have blessed us so much that we have rooms that are not being used, O oh Lord. And every one of us here has an opportunity to come, go out and bring at least one person that, God, we can fill this place. Every one of us, Lord, has something that we can give you, O oh Lord, that there will be plenty in your house of prayer. How we pray that, God, you touch us again that we will be hearers of this word to the glory and the honor of your Lord. Realize that God, soon and very soon, we are coming to you. May you help us. May you open our eyes, O oh Lord, to know that we are here for a very short moment. And soon we will be coming to you. Help us to do the necessary. We thank you and we honor you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.